I'm going to show you a, a video, uh, just a funny video to kind of kick things off. So hopefully you enjoy this. So. I love to communicate to music. I just started to communicate with music to my kids. They don't listen to me talking anymore. I just use their songs and get my point across. You know, seriously, you should try it. It's awesome. They do listen. We're at the mall the other day. They're just begging me for an iPhone for an hour. I finally said, dude, I'm not gonna buy you an iPhone Cause you ask for it like you need one You don't, I'm not gonna buy you an iPhone You're insane if you think I'll pay for it So be on your way, I'm not gonna listen, go away You're wasting all your time, here's a dime If you find a payphone, but no iPhone today And that's what I You better quit all that complaining Don't wanna hear another sound If I hear any more whining I'm gonna turn the car around You got a little television And you had enough to eat If you don't change your disposition I'm gonna leave you on the street So I'm waiting For your attitude to change I keep on waiting For your attitude to change you say that I ain't fair I guess that would matter if I care So I keep on waiting For your attitude to change Oh, I found something under your bed I smelt it An old bologna sandwich with some cheese that had melted Fell right through the cracks And it's getting funky, bad. Go get a paper towel and some Febreze Open up a window, man, that stinks Get down on your knees and clean that rug, rug, rug Oh, it's time to fumigate your bedroom, boy It cannot wait Good Lord oh. To the left, to the left to the left, to the left Everything you own in a box to the left <laughs> You must not know about me You must not know about me I can make another you in a minute <laughs> Did you roll your eyes at me? No, you didn't <laughs> You're not too brilliant You're not too brilliant You're not so bright Saw you with my daughter Just last night You were hanging out at Subway You were holding hands Let me talk slowly, boy So you'll understand You imbecile You imbecile You're an imbecile It's true Isn't it good to laugh at parenting? I don't, I've only been a parent for 12 years now. Um, but I'll tell you this, I, I learned a lot from being a kid and my mom and dad and what they dealt with. And a lot of that was what I heard from my parents. And uh, it's funny, we're sitting here talking about this intentional parenting. 
and how to do it. And some of you have done it already, and you're like, thank you, Lord, that I'm done, and I can just be a grandparent now. And some of you are in the middle of it going, this is what I feel like every day of my life. Um, it's, it's struggle. And this, this whole thing of reality versus expectations, completely different, isn't it? Anybody testify to that? Reality versus expectations. And tonight we're going to be continuing this series called At Home, talking about intentional parenting and raising our kids in Christ and passing on the faith. And, and I, want to, I want to read a verse to you. I read this this week and I thought this is what our expectations are. This is what God expects of us. This is sometimes what we feel like, <laughs> um, you know, dealing with kids and the dirty rooms. I remember my mom finally just, just shut the door and walked away and said, okay, it's yours. If anything starts growing outside underneath the door, I'll come in. But uh, we have these expectations. God has these expectations in Psalm 78. Turn to Psalm 78. I'm going to read this for you real quick. Psalm chapter 78. Started, I'm just going to read verse 5 and 6 and 7. It says this, He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel which he commanded our forefathers to what? Teach their children. Verse 6, So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. And verse 7 says, Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds but would keep his commands. You see, the expectation from God and what we see several places in, in the, the Bible is that a, a parent's responsibility is what? To pass on the word, the good deeds of God, the wonderful things he has done, his commandments and all these things. Why? Why, why would he ask us to do that? What is, why is that the expectation from us? Let's read verse 7 again one more time. Look at this. So that they would put their trust in who? God and would not forget his deeds, and would keep his commandments, so that they would obey. Reality versus expectations. <laughs> I know many of you out there, just like me, we struggle hard, we, we struggle enough to just raise them. But throw in the whole spiritual side of it, and what happens? It gets a little bit more scary. It gets tougher. Whatever it schedules, whatever it, whatever it is that causes distractions in our life as parents to raise our children under God's law and under God's rule and, and helping them see this. But we have to see the, the end result. The end result is what? So that they would put their trust in God. Tonight, Pastor and Mandy and I are going to share some things that, that we found that I think will help us all as parents, maybe as grandparents. And this thing we call... <laughs> It's a roadmap, a roadmap that we think will help you in dealing with spiritual things and walking through God's word, listening to God through his word with your kids. So I'm going to hand it over to Pastor. He's going to share some things, and then Mandy will come up and share some resources with you. I'll go ahead and hand out those roadmaps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris and Mandy will be handing out roadmaps, <clears throat> 511, Route 511, if you will, roadmaps, and we'll explain what all that is about here in just a, a moment. Let me remind you what we talked about, or what I talked about Sunday morning, just for, uh, just for a minute or two when I was talking about Father's Day. Uh, I held up a picture of who? 
My dad, and what was my dad doing? Reading his Bible. I'm just curious. I want to take a survey, uh, not to shame or make anybody feel embarrassed or anything. But do how many of you have that kind of a memory? Not necessarily your dad in a lawn chair, but you remember one of your parents at least. You remember seeing them read the Bible. Raise your hand if you remember that. Oh, that's great. That's a, probably a little bit more than half, maybe 60% of us or so, maybe even 70% say, yeah, I have that memory of my parents reading the Bible, watching them, seeing them read the Bible. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you, <clears throat> well, I don't want to shame anybody, but do you, do you, whether it's your parents or not, do you recall seeing somebody, maybe it was just a friend, not necessarily your parent, but do you recall seeing somebody taking their Bible to church and then after church, they put their Bible in the car and it stays there until next Sunday? Now, what do you think that communicates about the value of God's Word? It doesn't communicate, it's just that God's Word is something you carry. You carry it into church, so maybe, maybe you'll look good or maybe because you want to follow along in the sermon. But, but, but if it stays in the car, stays in the truck, I, I've seen guys throw it up on the dash of their truck, you know, and it stays there until next Sunday. Or, or, or they throw it in the back seat, and it, and it stays there until next Sunday. And so what we want to talk about to, uh, this evening is this. There's no question that you ought to be under the, un, under the teaching of God's Word. You ought to be sitting under the teaching of God's Word. That's, there's no question about that. Uh, but the teaching of God's Word, sitting under someone's teaching, should, that should be a stimulus, not a substitute, for getting into the Bible for ourselves. In other words, when you're taking God's Word on Sunday or even on Wednesday and you're opening and you're following along like Chris just brought you to Psalm 78, that should be a stimulus to get you to get into the Word throughout the week rather than just on when you're at church. <clears throat> so here's what we want to do. We want to talk for a few moments about why the Bible is important in your everyday life because it really needs to become part of the fabric of your everyday life. When the Bible becomes part of the fabric of your everyday life, it becomes part of your family legacy. But if it does not become part of the fabric of your everyday life, then it becomes something you carry to church on Sunday. So, let's answer the question first of all, why should this book become part of the fabric of your everyday life? Open your scriptures, if you will, if you hope you've got it with you. Or turn on your phone, find 2 Timothy chapter 3. I know you, a lot of you know this scripture, but it's an awful good reminder for us tonight. 2 Timothy chapter 3. <clears throat> Just hold on to that brochure there for a second, and we're going to get to it. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, talks about the value of the Bible, why it is valuable to us. And... Uh, <coughs> This verse shows us why, this, why the Bible is so important in our lives and in our families. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, you've got that 511 little folder there, that road map, if you will. If you look on, on the inside, uh, you'll find the green section. I want you to find the green section there. The green page, if you will, the green block. And there's three white blocks there that I want you to fill in 
from this verse that we can learn some things about the value of God's Word for your life and for your family. First of all, this verse indicates that the Bible, one of the reasons we need it in our families, one of the reasons it's useful to our families is that this book is God-breathed. That goes into that first block. It is God-breathed. That comes straight from Scripture. All Scripture is God-breathed. Now somebody tell me what what that word, that phrase God-breathed means. What does that mean? It was spoken through someone else. God, but it was from God, spoken through someone else. That's good. Somebody back there had something? Inspired? Yes, absolutely. The, the word here, the Greek word, has the idea of the ruach, the, the Spirit of God, breathing out the Word of God. It, it's, it's the idea that though there was a human hand writing the words, it was the Spirit of God driving what was written. So all Scripture, he says, is, is God-breathed. Now, listen, everybody look up here for a second. If that was the only truth about the Bible, we ought to be able to say, you know what? That deserves to be part of my family. If it's God-breathed, if it's more than mere words on a page, if it's more than mere words from a human hand, if it actually came from God, we, we, we could just stop right here and say, yep, I need to have that part of my family. It needs part of be part of the fabric of our family because this is not just a book. It is a God-breathed book. But he goes on and he has even more. He says, look at the verse. All Scripture is God-breathed and is, what's that next word? It is what? Useful. Put that in, in the block there, the second block that you have. Useful. Now, there's no place for you to fill this in, but let me give you some reasons why it's useful or some ways it's useful. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful, first of all, for teaching Teaching, that is, teaching me what I need to know. And by the way, listen also, teaching your kids what they need to know. Teaching your grandkids what they need to know. I have memories, and maybe a lot of you do as well, I have memories of my parents asking me a question. They'd say, Keith, what does the Bible say about that? I hated that question. You know why I hated that question? Because I, I was trying to get my way. I was trying to convince them to let me do something. I was con- trying to convince them that this was okay. And then they'd bring it back to the Bible. They'd bring it back to a greater authority than them. They'd say, what does the Bible say about that? And if I didn't know what the Bible said about that, guess what they did? Come here, son, sit down. Let's see what the Bible says about that. See, one of the reasons this book ought to be part of the fabric of your family is because it's useful, useful for, t- for teaching. Also useful for, for something else. What is it? What's the next one? Useful for what? Rebuking. So, <clears throat> so it's useful for teaching, telling me what I need to know. Rebuking means it's useful for telling me what I need to stop. Rebuking, telling me what I need to... Th- it tells me what sin is. It tells me what's right and what's wrong. It rebukes me when I'm wrong. So it's useful for rebuking. Useful also for correcting. Correcting what I need to change. There are some things I need to change. And, and the Bible is the thing that tells me, that tells your kids, that tells your grandkids, these are some things that you need to change. <clears throat> it's almost, the word picture is almost like, have you ever had a closet that needed to be cleaned out? You ever had a closet where you just kind of, it's a junk closet, and you stuff it full? And sometimes you look at it, you open the door and say, man, we got to do something. we got to do something with this stuff. we got to change some things. we got to change, we got to put this somewhere else. That's the idea here. It's useful to tell me what I need to change to correct me. And finally, it's useful for training. Training in righteousness. That is what I need to do. 
So the, the Bible is useful. What I need to know, what I need to stop, what I need to change, what I need to do. And then finally he says this. Verse 17. <clears throat> so that the man of God, and I don't think it would be wrong for us to say, so that your children, so that your family, so that your wife, so that your husband may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. There's something about the Bible that prepares us for life. The reason it ought to be part of the fabric of your family, it prepares your kids for life, to make good decisions in life. So how do we translate this into practical realities for our families? We want to encourage you to begin perhaps a Bible at home routine and what we're going to suggest to you tonight, you can do it just the way we, we lay it out, or you can pick and choose what's best, what best fits for your family. But we want to introduce to you tonight the 511 pledge. That's why you have the roadmap. Five times a week, individually studying God's Word, one time a week, connecting with your spouse and talking about God's Word if you're married, and one time a week, connecting with your family to talk about God's Word. 511 making that part of the fabric of your family. So how do we do that practically speaking? Mandy's going to come up and kind of introduce that to us. What? There's the third blank. Use, uh, equipping. Equipping, thank you. Verse 17, equipping. Keith said he wasn't going to give me a working mic. I can see how he really meant it. Um, so I get to present the five of the 511. Um, but a verse, when we started doing this, a verse popped in my head that I read a long time ago that's always stuck in my heart. And it's actually in the New Living Translation, so I'm going to read it off my phone because that's where I have it. Um, but it's in Psalms 27, and it's, chap- it's chapter 27, verse 8. And it said, My heart has heard you say, Come and talk with me. And my heart responded, Lord, I'm coming. And it's always stuck with me because it's, the Lord wants us to meet with him. The Lord wants us to have that time with him. He wants us to talk to him. He wants us to hear from him. We just have to cut the time out in our busy schedules to have that time. Um, so we're going to start from the beginning. Um, like Steve said, Steve, Keith said, I'm going to be doing the five. And that first blank um, is make an appointment. <clears throat> make an appointment. Um, if you're not a morning person like I am not, you can't do it in the mornings. You're just too tired. Dragging yourself out of bed and getting wherever you have to be on time. I don't have kids, so I don't have anybody else to get ready, so I can wait till the last minute. I'm, I guess, blessed in that way, but I still can't get out of bed early enough, and at night, I fall asleep easy as soon as I get in that bed, so I've learned that midday, lunchtime is my time that I have to journal or be in the Word or wherever I'm going to do it, but making that time, cutting that time out. We actually teach kids that. I teach kids that when we're in worship or we're in BSF. Pick a time, and guard that time, use that time. When we're at camp this week, the first thing we do in the morning after breakfast and sometimes before breakfast is we sit down with their little devotionals and we have them do a devotional during that time. If just for that week, 
they get in that habit of digging into God's word, praying and journaling and doing everything to connect to the Lord for that entire week. And what's great about camp is they send them home with a 30-day book that encourages them to once again connect, keep that time, keep that appointment with the Lord to connect with him. Um, the best example of this, I think, is Daniel. Um, that was the first one that popped in my head when I was thinking about who is a perfect biblical example. Daniel kept, he met with the Lord every day. Even when his life was threatened and he was about to be thrown in the lion's den, he, he met with him. He didn't let that stop him. So number one is uh, begin with making an appointment. Um, number two is choose a Bible. Um, there are so many different translations out there. There's the message, there's the living Bible, there's the NIV, there's the new King James, there's the old King James, there's the Schofield. Schofield, sorry, I mispronounced it. There's so many different versions out there. You have to pick the one that's the easiest for you to read, the most enjoyable, and the what you can glean from it. And it's the same for kids, too. If you give a child a KJV version Bible, they are going to look at you and go, what does ye mean? And you're going to be like, well... And that's going to be a lot more discussion than you have time for. But if you give them a new reader's transversion, translation, it's on their level. So you have to find the version that works for you, the translation that works for you best to read from and journal with and to be able to really glean what the Lord is trying to say. Um, you can ask Keith for ideas about adult translations. I'm probably better with the kid versions. I can give you a, a slew of options. Um, but there are a ton out there. It's just finding what's best for you. And I know if you're these guys, if you're like us, we have tons of different versions in our office. I have like ESV, NIV, KGV, NLT, RIV. Like there's just, you can just keep reading off the initials. Um, but there's a lot of different translations. You just have to find the one that works best for you. Um, the next one we're going to spend a little bit more of a chunk of time on, and that is uh, memorize. So... This has always been a struggle for me. Um, it wasn't really emphasized in my home growing up. It was emphasized to read your Bible. It was emphasized to pray. It was important to do that. Um, but my mom and dad never really pushed the memorizing the word. So I still struggle with it today. Um, even though I was in Bible drill, you know, did all of that, I did it because I had to for a Bible drill. It was never instilled in me to really hide his word in your heart. You know, you look at Psalms 119, 11, it says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not have sinned against you. We teach it to kids all the time. I encourage my kids all the time, your kids, all the time to memorize scripture for when they come across those tough times and they need to know how to respond, how to act. They'll have the scripture in their heart to follow it. And so I encourage them constantly to memorize scripture. And we can look throughout the Bible and find other references. Proverbs 7, 1 through 3 is another one that encourages you to memorize God's word. Deuteronomy 11, 18 through 19, and also Proverbs 3, 1. I could read all of them. I'm sure Keith has tons of other references that encourages it. So we know it's an important thing to do. The question is, what is the best way for you to memorize and also to teach your kids to memorize it? Um, I wish I would have brought them. They're in my, de my desk at home. A friend of mine, when I was in South Louisiana, made me a key ring with note cards on it to write down scripture and carry around in my purse. And that was her way of memorizing scripture. You know, she was a visual learner, or, I guess, and she could read it over and over and over again and memorize it. That works perfectly for some people. Others, Chris, Keith suggested this today. Chris, 
suggested this today. He puts it on his background of his phone. So every time he looks at his phone, the verse that he's trying to memorize is right there. Um, I have friends that write it on their mirrors at home with, uh, with erasable marker. And once they have it, they erase it and put a new one up. Um, but if you're more tech savvy, like I know many of us are now, there are a million apps out there. Um, Keith gave me one, Scripture Typer. And it can help you memorize scripture, and you can pick the scriptures you want to memorize. I don't know the, all the workings of that particular app, but there's also, the one I have is Bible-minded. And you can p- pick the scripture, and it has four different options of memorization. You do fill in the blank, um, flashcard, uh, multiple choice, and recording. So it has four different choices for you. And it actually won't let you go to the next verse until you get it right. Because I was working on it today, and it wouldn't let me go. And I had to keep trying and trying and trying until I got it correct. Um, if you're more of a games-type person, there is one out there called Verse Rain. And actually, the pieces of the verse fall down, and you tap it into order. So if you're more of a game person, or if your kids are trying to memorize Scripture, that's a good option for them. It makes it fun and interactive to where they have a good time, and they're learning Scripture at the same time. Kids minister, you got to make it fun. If you just sit them down and say, here, read this card six times, and you'll memorize it, I won't have a job. Like, you've got to make it fun. That's one thing we try and do with verse memorization, do games and stuff like that. And if you are looking for a specific children's app to help them learn memory, memorize verses, um, the Adventure Bible Light, L-I-T. And it's actually a free app, and it is strictly um, Bible memorization stuff. Like, it has verses and games, and that's how they do it for the kids. So however you choose to do it, hiding God's word in his heart is key. He makes it clear. You just have to find the best method to do it. I know there's been times that I regret not having memorized more scripture because I could have really used it in a time, of, a time of need. And I'm like, oh, I know if I'd just done better at this, if I'd just started younger, started when I was a kid memorizing scripture, life would be a lot easier for me. You know? Um. Two more, and then y'all are done with me. Um, so the second to last blank is accountability. Um, my best friend lives in Mississippi, and she recently gave me some suggestions. She said, Mandy, you have to find someone who lives close to you. She was like, I can't always be there for you. She just had a baby. She was like, so you have to find someone that can keep you accountable there. And it's the best advice I've ever gotten. And I did. I found somebody. And we meet and we talk. But I mean, I can't be a partner to say, hey, are you in the scripture? What have you learned this week? What have you learned this month? What is God showing to you? And encouraging your kids to do the same thing, even if you're their accountability partner. But getting that instilled, again, that's something that wasn't instilled at me even when I was in high school. Like the, the idea of an accountability partner wasn't really introduced to me until I was in college. And so having that instilled when I was 10 of saying, hey, have a friend that you can talk to about Scripture, or come and talk to me about what the Lord's teaching you, can be invaluable for your child and for their future. Um, And last but not least is study. Um, And if you're like me, like I said, busy schedules, sometimes we have a habit of just skimming it over and going, praying, and being like, okay, I'm done. I studied my Scripture. I got it in. I'm good to go. Take the time to really pick it apart, look at it, dive into it, see what it means, see what it means to you, see what it means to your life in that time. You know, don't just skim over it and be done with it. It's so much more in that scripture than it ever, than you ever know. 
And what's great, guys, I journal a lot. And so I love going back to previous journals. And we were talking about this, this today in the office and seeing where we are compared to two years ago, three years ago, six months ago in that comparison. So we are also going to give you a valuable way of studying the Word. And since I am the children's minister, we're going to have a practical application. So Keith and, St- Keith and Chris... I do that all the time. (laughs) Um, Keith and Chris are passing out um, a worksheet of sorts. Um, And it has the, what we're going to do, it has the word, word, on it. So it's, the W is write out a key scripture verse. O is observe what stuck out to you in these verses. Spend time dwelling on what God says to you. R is request God's guidance, ask him for help and wisdom, and D is do something. Record how you're going to live out and apply it to your own life. So we're actually going to take a few minutes, and we're going to look at um, John 15, or y'all are going to look at, let me phrase that, y'all are going to look at John um, 15, verse 1 through 17, and kind of work through that worksheet. 1 through 17. You're not writing all that out. (laughs) Read your worksheet, Jamie. (laughs) We gave you that many verses. We gave you all that many verses so you can find a key scripture in it. Instead of just giving you one verse and saying, here's your key scripture, y'all can look at that chunk and find the key scripture that sticks out to you. That would be the one that you write down. John 15, 1 through 17. Some of you are still working. That's all right. You can take it home, finish that up. Um, I want to kind of walk through this a little bit. And I don't know if you noticed, but this is kind of similar to what pastors shared many times uh, with the SOAP method, Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. Uh, this is just a different, different outline, different way of doing it. Um, I want to ask a question, though. How many in here have ever struggled with spending time in God's Word in your life? Raise your hand really high. I want you to raise your hand. I want you to look around. Um, it's pretty comforting, isn't it, to know that you're not alone, uh, that, that this is one of those things. We just got back from student camp last week, and they were talking about the Word and talking to kids about spending time with God in His Word and, and listening to God through His Word. And you know, a lot of our students that go on these trips, you, you sit there and talk to them as I would talk to them at the pool or the beach and just ask them, well, how's your time in the Word? Well, I'm, I'm hit or miss, or I, you know, I do it this time, but I, I'll, I'll go three or four days without it. Our students are struggling with this, and I think a lot of times because we don't do enough or a great job at home of helping them understand how to do this, and so it's not important to us, it's not important to them. So I think this is one of those things that as, as parents, we need to really dig into to get the habit of spending time in God's Word. So let me, let me just ask a couple, couple people, how many of you or somebody want to volunteer a key verse that you saw in that passage, that chunk of passage? Somebody give me a key verse real quick. Yes. Yes, I'm sorry. 16. Read it for me. That's good. That's a good one. Uh, What did you observe? What sticks out to you from that verse? What sticks out? Anybody can answer that one. I mean, all right, I'll... 
Yes. I like it. So, number one, we were chosen. He chose us. We didn't choose him. And, and I, there's some great things that you can go off on that. But just the idea of knowing that I'm chosen by God, by Jesus. And then he says, for a purpose. And that was to bear fruit. You remember, you remember in the passage early on, he said that if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Then he sums up there at the end in verse 16. Listen, you were chosen to bear fruit, so you better bear fruit. How do we do that by remaining him? Donna, you were going to say a verse that I just said, yeah, that was one of my memory verses and something we're going to talk about later, but um, that, that I am the vine, you are the branches. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. This, this, is, this is important stuff, and you know, it's not all, all passages that we go through that we, we can be so easy, right? I mean, start digging in Leviticus, probably going to spend a little bit more time observing and trying to find some things that stick out. What are some prayer requests that we can dig from this, that we can get out of this passage that we need to pray through? Anybody got something you wrote down? <laughs> all right. Just ask him, plain, show me how to bear fruit. And, and, and I like this. I like making it more personal about today, right? God, show me today how I can bear fruit. What are ways that, that God can do that in my life? And then, and then how, do you, how do you live this out? This is important. And, and Pastor talks about this in the SOAP method as far as the application. This is important for us to understand, not just as individuals, but to help our, our, our kids understand. How do you live this out in day-to-day living? How do, you, how do you live these verses, these key verses? Did anybody write anything down in the application part? Stay in the Word, pray often. Just, just confirming, reaffirming everything that we're saying right here, that if we're going to stay close to God, if we're going to remain in Him, that we need to stay in the Word and obey Him. I just got done with uh, meeting with a guy this afternoon, and just all kind of things going on. He's a new Christian, pretty much. He's never, didn't grow up in the Bible. And we were, we were reading this passage, and his fear is, the first thing he reads this passage, the first thing is hell. Because he sees a branch being thrown into fire. <laughs> and I said, well, let's back up. Let's read the whole context of this thing, and let's figure out this. And I, I said, listen, there's, there's this idea of fellowship here that we see, that we stay close to God, we stay close to Jesus, and we obey him with our lives. Listen, this right here is so easy, especially for your kids. If they're not doing anything, if they don't have any way of doing Bible study, use something like this to get them involved in that. Like, like Manny said, get them journaling. Get them spending time in God's Word on their own if they're at an age. And if not, this is what we're going to do. You're going to do the 5 challenge. Five is spend five days on your own in God's Word. Then one of those days you're going to spend connecting with your spouse one of those days you're going to do some of the same things. Here's some blanks that you can have. Number one was memorize. It's not a blank. But memorize together as a couple. Uh, as Mandy said, I, this is just me. I, I, I probably should be ashamed of how many times I look at my phone. But when I pop it up, I have my memory verse right here. Whatever, whatever I've got, I've got it here. And I'm going to look at it constantly. And I, I, I guess I justify looking at my phone that much with God's words. That, that's terrible. 
But um, at least I'm looking at God's Word. I want to memorize this. I want to continue to just bathe my mind in God's Word. So memorize together. Take turns choosing a verse. Um, The second thing was share. Share. Talk about one thing that God is teaching you from His Word with one another. We're not talking about you having to do this every day, all right? So don't freak out thinking seven days a week I've got to talk to my spouse about this. We're saying one day a week, just spend time talking to your spouse about what God is, is teaching you from his word. The, the third, is, third blank is read. Read together. Read scripture together. Talk about what stuck out to you and how you can apply it. Remember to focus on what God is teaching you and not, this is important, and not what you want him to teach your spouse. I love that phrase, <laughs> How many of your spouses you'd be saying, oh, oh, she needs to learn this. That's not what we're going to God about. So make sure, what can you teach me, God? And the last one there, the one time a week connecting with your spouse is study. Find a Bible study to do together. Find a Bible study to do together. So five times a week individually in God's word, one time a week connecting with your spouse to talk about God's word, and then the other one time, all right, you get it, five and six and seven. So this is, all right. One time a week connecting with your family to talk about God's word. Here's some suggested ways. Read it. Find ways to incorporate God's word into your daily routine. Um, one of the things I love doing with my son uh, is at night before bed, there's, everybody knows the Bible app, right? version, probably one of the most famous Bible apps ever made. There's, this thing has been downloaded like billions of times. Uh, if you saw the stats on it, it's crazy. And they'll even tell you the verses that are most downloaded. But they have a kid's version that you can download, and it comes with stories, a, a, a timeline of, of God's story from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Um, we actually just finished it the other day. He was like, Daddy, can we read four tonight? And, and so I have to watch the time and see what time he's got to go to bed. But, but he wants to finish it, and we're reading these stories together, talking about God's word. Some of, some of the greatest time there. So look that up. Find something like that with your kids that you can do together to read, uh, depending on their age. Uh, Mandy's already talked about choosing a Bible. I just say choose wisely. Um, like I said, the guy that I was talking to in the afternoon, uh, he had a King, King James Version. Nothing wrong with King James Version, but for him, even he didn't even understand it. And I said, well, there's no sense in you struggling through this. Let's get something you can understand and something you can read. It's important having a Bible that you can use. Um, if you're not going to use it, what good is it, right? So let's find something, even if it's a study Bible, all right? Don't depend on the notes at the bottom, but you can still use it. So choose a Bible wisely. The second thing is have fun with your kids. Have fun with your family. Uh, instead of just reading Scripture, do, act it out. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, have a little fun with it, uh, doing something together. Uh, the, the next one is talk. Just talk. Allow God's truth to come up in your daily conversations as you talk with your family. Um, one of the greatest ways to do this, and most of you know this probably already, but with so much going on in the news today, our kids see this stuff, they hear about things, and they know what's going on. Why not bring up God issues into those topics already going on, right? Um, talk about those things. Talk about how there's evil in this world. The Bible tells us that. The Bible tells us that this world is evil, but there's a holy God and a just God who loves us doesn't want us to be this way so bring these things up use scripture maybe even if you have to go study a little bit more to figure this out and how to talk to your kids about it do that spend some time talking to them about issues that are important especially godly issues um we already said memorize we already said study and uh, the last two pray and model 
on pray. Ask God to help you and your family to apply Scripture in your lives. Uh, again, for me personally, it's when I'm taking my kids to school in the morning. I take them to school usually every morning if I'm here in town. And we ride to school. We get to a certain stop sign. This is no lie. We get to a certain stop sign, and they stop doing whatever they're doing so we can just spend time praying. Um, and I tell them I don't even close my eyes, so I still drive. But we, we, just, we just spend some time praying for their day. Um, God, would you just protect them? Would you take care of them? Would you use them? Uh, you know, find those times that you can do that. It, it doesn't have to be at night, every night on your knees, you know, bow your heads like this. Just use some times to find ways to pray with your kids. So important that we model this. And that's the last one, that we model what God is doing in our lives and what we want to teach them. Um, I, don't, I don't know, but I, I know this is probably true for everybody, but my kids watch me closely. And it's not because I'm any kind of superhero or, you know, big spiritual giant. They're just watching me, what I do when I fail, when I mess up. And you know what? I want to try to do everything I can to model a good life for them. And not just a good life, but, but a godly life. And if that means spending time in God's word around them, praying with them, discussing these kinds of things with them, we've got to do that. We, we need to get back to no longer struggling through the reality of parenting, but really just the expectation God has for us, we need to live up to those expectations. We have a huge responsibility. I think I've shared this before. This is the last thing I say. When I, when I found out we were pregnant with Hallie, or my wife was pregnant with Hallie, I, I remember the first thing I did is I ran out and I got a bunch of parenting books. I thought, this is going to help, right? If I read a bunch of books on how to parent, I'll figure this thing out. Because I was scared. I mean, we were excited. We wanted kids. But then all of a sudden, it's real life when your wife says, I'm pregnant. And you're like, Okay, and you try to figure this out on your own. But I'm going to tell you something. None of those books really worked. <laughs> None of those books worked. But I'm going to tell you one book that has worked for me personally, but I'm still struggling through this. It's just God's word. There is nothing more important to our families and, and to our families and our churches than this book right here. And you know what? I'm afraid there's a lot of parents that they've got it down on themselves but when it comes to passing it on to their next generation and to the next generation, I feel we're missing the mark. I've seen this in student ministry for so long. We have a lot of biblical illiterate students in our student ministry. I'm not here to place blame or, or judge anyone, but I say this, we all have a responsibility. What can we do to help them to dig into God's word to help them in life? No better tool than is right here in our hands. So let's do that together. Take the 511 pledge and let's, let's take it together. Can we do that? Uh, we, we take God's word out and put it up, pledge. We're going to commit to doing this personally, but also as a family. Let's, let's do this together. All right? Pastor? We hadn't planned on saying this, but when Chris talked about those books he was reading, uh, you probably don't even remember this, Chris, but uh, I remember having lunch with you at McAllister's Deli. No, it's, Mc <laughs> it's McAllister's Deli. Um, and he said, we're pregnant, and I've been reading all of the, this. He wasn't on staff at that time, 
And he called and said, I need to have lunch with you. And, and he said, we're pregnant. I've been reading all these books about parenting, and I don't want to mess it up. So I need you to tell me, how do, we do, how do I do this? <laughs> I always remember that when you said it, flashback. So here's what we're telling you. Here's how you do it, according to God's word. Now, on the back of that 511 brochure, there's a ton of resources. We've tried to introduce you to some things tonight. Some of it you know, some of it might be new, but tons of resources, websites, apps, etc. that we've talked about. But here's the main thing I want you to see. A lot of the things that we've handed out or that we've given you or that we've talked about can be found if you'll look on this page, on this side of the page, at homepoint.org slash words, word 511. So if you go to that website, you'll find all kinds of resources you can download, you can print out, and that you can use, okay? Uh, I won't take time to review all of those, but lots and lots of good resources there. If you go to that website, you can continue what we've talked about. About what's next. I think I'm on. Um, next week, we'll continue this series, but that's the last week. Um, and then we'll be off a couple weeks, VBS going on, a lot of different things, movies in July, movies in the LC in July. Um, but I want to tell you about the fall, real quick, two minutes. Um, we have decided to take, take our church on Wednesday nights back through experiencing God. How many of you remember experiencing God? This is in the 90s, I believe it was, was it not? Uh, many of you probably been through it, probably been through it twice. What an incredible study um, that we were just blessed to, to be a part of uh, back then. And so we're going to go back through it. They've updated a little bit. Um, staff, some of the staff are going through it right now, uh, just working through and, and, and just really just listening to God, not to prepare, I don't think, for me. It's just this is really a good time for me just to sit and listen to God. And so in the fall, sept, starting September, that first Wednesday, we're going to start that study. Pastor's going to be leading that. We're going to be selling workbooks for that. And so I just want to kind of get the word out. If you want a workbook, if, if you're interested in going through that with us, you can still come without a workbook. I don't think it's going to be that you have to have the workbook, but I think it would be great if you go through it as we go through it. It's a 12-week course. It's going to take us all the way to, to December to our last Wednesday night. But I just wanted to mention that now so we can start taking orders for that, get work, work, workbooks, and we'll have them for that first week in September. Is that all right? That's good. All right. That's good. Awesome. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. And as surely as we love our kids, you love us even more. Thank you for your love that's unconditional and for your word that is always truth. Your word that is always uh, available, the counsel that is there for us as well as for our kids. And so may you guide us as we're trying to incorporate your eternal perspective into our temporary lives. Help us to live for you. May Jesus be honored and glorified in what we do, and may it be in accordance to your divine plan. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.